Welcome to this week's Priority Now podcast, encouraging women to become better disciples of Jesus. Every week we hear from women just like us that are being intentional to know Jesus more and to make Him known. Here's your host, Carmen Halsey. Hey, ladies, and welcome to this week's Priority Now podcast. We're glad you're joining us. We hope you've had a wonderful week. I'm excited to introduce you to, I'm going to say, a colleague that I've had the pleasure of working just a little bit with this summer, Miss Irina Yakely. Am I pronouncing that right? Yes. Good deal. Irina, we're glad you're with us. I'm glad I'm here. Ladies, this is Irina's last day with us. She's actually finishing an internship, going to be heading back to college for your sophomore year? Yes. For sophomore year. Okay, that's what I was thinking. And she's actually interned with IBM. BSA this summer on our mobilization team. So Shannon Ford and them got the pleasure of working directly with her. But some of you guys that know me, I'm going to wiggle in there any way I can. And this is a fantastic um, young woman that definitely has a call on her life. And I've got to watch from a distance um, and hear a little bit of her story. And before she slipped out of here, I asked her, I said, would you let me interview you for a podcast? Now, ladies, it was a couple weeks ago I asked her, but we are like right down to the wire. Today is her last day when she scheduled it to do this <laughs> podcast. So I don't I don't know if that was on purpose or just the way your schedule works. It's kind of scheduling, but yeah, it totally works today. <laughs> that is good. That's good. Hey, I want you, if you would, on our podcast, we just, we interview ordinary women serving this extraordinary God, but you've got a pretty dynamic story mixed with a vision and I'm watching you aggressively go after that vision. So if you would take a minute, tell the ladies a little bit about who you are and a little bit of your your story, if you will. Yeah, well, I was born in Russia in a small city called Kalach. It's kind of directly west of Volgograd. And I was also born with something called amniotic band syndrome, which is where basically bands in the amniotic sac come out and wrap around anything around the child in the womb. And so it wrapped around both of my hands. Uh, so I'm missing fingers and it, I'm kind of missing toes on my left foot. And then it like wrapped my right foot. And so I was born with my foot twisted and my, the bones never formed there. So I couldn't use the foot. And so I was born like that. And my biological parents couldn't take care of me just because of my condition. And they weren't together at the time, so I was sent to an orphanage just shortly after I was born. And I was there for, oh, like two years, maybe two and a half years. And it was, I was lucky enough to be in an orphanage where the the lady that owned it was, like, she cared for the kids there. Compared to other orphanages, Mm -hmm. you didn't really see that a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, we didn't get much nutrients in the food we ate. My parents now, when my mom went and got me, she said it took like three baths to get the smell of cabbage out of me because it was like in my pores. Like that was how much they fed us. But we got more than just just cabbage in my orphanage, but it was still like a lot. Uh And so my parents now, they had just adopted two kids from Russia a couple of years before that, and they Mm -hmm. had a child of their own. So they kind of had like three kids out of nowhere at one time. Mm -hmm. And so they were, they didn't feel quite sure that their family was done yet, but they were kind of waiting. And so they were kind of keeping up with adoptions in Russia and kids in orphanages. Uh And they heard about me because I was kind of funny I was kind of like on the the news and the newspaper because it was 
becoming very urgent for me to find a family mm. uh, because since I was since I was disabled, I would have been sent to an orphanage for kids with physical and mental disabilities. Okay. And just not good things happened at the orphanage. So if I stayed, like if I was never adopted, I would have probably not lasted long. Okay. Um, in reality, or I wouldn't have found a family and I would have still been disabled. Sure. And so my parents kind of felt the calling to adopt me. And so that's kind of a long story in of itself, but that's kind of a short, short inversion. Yeah. But it, it's just crazy how God called them even after they had three kids in uh -huh. a span of two years, mm -hmm. two, three years. How old were you when you were adopted? I was like two and a half. Two and a half. So yeah. still very young. Yeah. Were you were you able to walk ambulate at all? How were you no, I was basically crawling and scooting around. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't use my right foot at all. Okay. Or stand on it. Okay. So at two and a half, you came to the States then? Yeah, around that age. Okay. There's, in Russia, like, it's just a lot different there compared to the United States, especially uh -huh. with orphanages. And, and kind of a scary thing about it, especially as a disabled child, is that doctors there would go to orphanages claiming they will they could help. Uh -huh. But in reality, they're kind of just practicing. Uh, so luckily, a doctor did come to my orphanage asking to yeah. help. But yeah. in reality, he's going to use me as a guinea pig. And luckily, the orphanage lady didn't allow him, which I don't know what I would how my yeah. life would be if that happened. Yeah. But yeah. I, I do have a friend where he believes actually happened to him because uh -huh. his leg is a lot different, which is sad because that does actually happen. And I've heard yeah. stories even in other countries yeah. where they do that. So I'm very fortunate that that didn't happen. To me. God had his hand all over you, Irina. Yeah, that's good. Okay, some of the ladies, they're not able to see you. So you and I know this is going to lead into some of your heartbeat and some of the work that you've done, some of what I've watched from a distance. You do have a prosthesis. So when when were you fitted with a prosthesis to your leg? Yeah, so after I was adopted, there's a children's hospital called Shriners in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. And that was where we went for all my surgeries. So I had an amputation there. And I was prior, like, three years old when that okay. happened. And so the earliest I remember in my life was after my amputation because okay. I just remembered. So you had the limb. You were born yeah, with I was the born limb. With... But you, then you had to get it amputated so that you mm -hmm. could kind of have a clean cut or something to put a prosthesis. Yeah, the or, only okay. way for me to walk would be to amputate my Okay. Foot. So wow. okay. then um, I've had, I was kind of born with a lot of different reconstruction, like my hip ones in its right place. Uh -huh. So I've had reconstruction surgery in my hip and knee okay. and to kind of fix yeah. how I was born. Yeah. And I've yeah. had surgeries on my hands because my right hand, it kind of looked like a mitten, like all the uh -huh. fingers were stuck together. Uh -huh. So they uh, did a surgery to kind of okay. separate them. Yeah. Yeah. And the doctors told my parents that I wouldn't be able to wiggle my fingers, but I can. Yeah. It's just yeah. one of those things where doctors right. are like, oh, well, they can't do this. Right. But they're not always right. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> I think that's one of the coolest things because as I was sitting, I think I was in the lunch break room once, twice or whatever, and seeing you from a distance because we had a friend of yours was interning with our team, you know, so I was working a little bit closer with her. So we just kind of hear you guys talk and watch it from a distance. And then I remember the day when I said, I want to hear your story. You know, will you share a little bit of your story? And I didn't even realize that you had 
the prosthesis. You know, I mean, you you just you you carry yourself with such confidence that I know is rooted in God. You know, in in what He's doing through your life. That's where that identity is that I hadn't even I hadn't even noticed. You know, and so that's what excites me when you just came down to record this podcast because you just present is this very polished, groomed, confident young woman leader that has a goal that um, I think you you role model for so many of us. How old are you? I'm 19. 19. Yeah, yeah, 19. It was my mom used to say 19 going on 49, maybe because you're so <laughs> mature. You're so mature. So I want you to share the vision. I know you're a sophomore in college. Share the vision of where you feel God's calling you. And then I want to work backwards a little bit to talk a little bit about your experience this summer with the camp, you know, some of the work you did. But, but I'd like to start with the vision first so we can see the intent intentionality on your part of what you feel like God's doing in your life. Yeah. So growing up, I was probably, I only knew maybe two other people with a prosthetic leg. Didn't know much more. So surprisingly, I did well with growing up and kind of owning with what I have, accepting. And so I've always, like when I see other people with some differences, you know, I want to help, you know, help them, mm-hmm. especially if they're not feeling confident about yeah. themselves. Like I was talking to a girl that lived in Taiwan on social media and she kind of had the same hand difference than I did. Uh-huh. And I told her I'd played basketball and she was like, how can you do that with your hands? Like, I haven't really, I didn't think I could do something like that. Uh-huh. And I was like, girl, you can do that. <laughs> and so since I was born in Russia, that, that country has definitely been on my heart. And I also took a DNA test and I found out that I'm also Ukrainian and Polish. And so then war broke out and with, you know, between Russia and Ukraine. And my heart was towards Ukraine a whole lot. And even before the war there, uh, there's a lot of people missing limbs. And so even after, after there's going to be even more. Uh And so that's definitely something I wanted to do um, when it comes to helping people because I I have a sense of understanding how they Uh feel. Sure. And it allow them to kind of open up to me more uh-huh. than someone with all of their limbs. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah. oh, you totally understand what I'm sure. going through. Sure. And I didn't feel the calling to do missionary work until like a year ago. And I knew it was a calling because at first I was like, are you serious, God? Like <laughs> me leaving, you know, my parents, the United mm-hmm. States to go over there because it can be dangerous. Too. Sure. Sure. And I was kind of struggling with it at first. I was wrestling with it. And then I kind of finally accepted it and felt more confident with it. So I want to imagine like a year after that, I'd be interning in the missions section at IBSA, which is which blows my mind and meeting Shannon Forbes because he had been in Ukraine for 18 years. Right. And so we kind of started talking about that with um, helping people over there. Uh And since that was on topic. I mentioned that I was going to a camp for kids with limb differences. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's sports camp. And so there's, I was a basketball coach this, this year, and there's probably maybe 20, 30 other coaches, maybe even more with limb differences. And we're coaching kids with limb differences. So whether they're missing a hand, they're missing a whole arm, they're missing two arms, they have uh-huh. a prosthetic leg or two, you, you know, all these kids. And we have... The sports camp, they have multiple ones, but this was the all sports camp. So they did football, lacrosse, volleyball, basketball, track. Where and were field. these camps at? So this one was in Duquoin, Illinois. Okay. And I didn't know about it until four or five years ago, okay. which is crazy because the camp has been going like for uh-huh. 10 years now. Uh-huh. And so that's an opportunity for yeah. me to help kids with them differences. Yeah. 
Yeah. And this year I even met a kid. He was a small little thing and he was missing. He had his palm, but he was missing kind of some fingers. Uh-huh. And he usually when kids come into nub ability, they hide their nubs. Okay. They, what's the word? Nub ability. Nub ability. Okay. Yeah. So when I tell people that they're like, what'd you just say? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a great name. And so, so kids come and they're very self-conscious about themselves. Sure. But then towards the end, there's this like little rally where uh-huh. all the sports teams kind of walk out yeah. and kids are waving their nubs and showing off their prosthetic legs. And it's just a great opportunity to yeah. kind of like help kids yeah. off, like be good in a sport and sure. also sure. become a, you know, confident in themselves. Yeah. Irina, you know, a lot of a lot of us belong to small churches across the state, some smaller communities, some larger, um, may know somebody without a limb, may, you know, may not. But I think that's what I love about you, that confidence. But what would you tell us? What would you tell the mom out there that might have the child that's in school with a friend that has, or she may um, know of the mom in her community that just birthed a baby? you know, that that maybe had, I'm looking at your word, the limb difference. Is mm-hmm. that the proper terminology, limb difference? It it depends. I would, I mean, I don't really call myself disabled because uh-huh. disabled is unable to do, uh-huh. you know, yeah. so-and-so things. But when I have my leg on, I can do practically yeah. everything. Yeah. Obviously, if my leg's off, I'm disabled. I can hop around uh-huh. or something, uh-huh. but a lot of people like to be called them different. Some are like, yeah, I'm disabled. Uh-huh. But so shows the importance way. of connecting somebody with limbs, with resources. Yeah. You want to know that there's knowledge, you know, have the knowledge and awareness, I should say, that there's things available that can help you. Um, the awareness that there's just what I call life hacks, learning how to get around, you know, without a limb, just learning from yeah. each other as, you know, trial and error, that we could help connect somebody to resources, in your words, not mine, in your words, to move them from disability to non, you know, yeah. non, non-disabled as far as being able to tackle, tackle life. So I guess my question goes back to what's okay in conversation? You know, when's it safe? You know, yeah. when, when are we... When would we be picking at not supporting, not encouraging that child versus it's okay to talk about it? You know, what, what, how yeah. do we raise our kids to for conversation? Well, I've seen some parents who have a kid with a limb difference mm-hmm. kind of hold them back from things like, oh, don't play the sport. You know, you might mm-hmm. get hurt or mm-hmm. you might fail and that would hurt you. Mm-hmm. And and holding them back is the worst thing you can do. Okay. Um, my parents never did that. They let me do what I could do. Um, not a lot of people question my abilities. I have had some people like I was putting a paper clip, a stack of papers, and someone was like, Can you do that? And I was like, Yeah. And they're like, Are you sure? And I was like, Yeah. And so <laughs> they want to show you paper clip one, paper clip yeah. two. <laughs> so it's definitely like if you're talking to someone with uh-huh. a limb difference or disability, it's better to not ask them for help unless they ask you mm-hmm. first. Because most of the time they don't want it. Because okay, even though sometimes it may look like they're struggling, but they're they're most likely gonna get it down. Okay, but if not, okay. they would ask you. They'd be happy okay. to ask. One other thing is, since I I played sports growing up, I played basketball. A lot of people definitely underestimated me, especially players on the other team, which also gave me an advantage. I was, I was thinking the same thing. That was strategic on your team's Yeah, part. that's really so, good. Um, and I was point guard, so I was dribbling the basketball up the court. And even... You're talking confident enough that means you were good, weren't you? You were a good player. <laughs> um, Come on, say yeah. it. <laughs> you were good. 
I guess just ways, especially I'm left handed and that's the hand I have practically two and a half fingers on. Okay. And so a lot of times when I dribble up the basketball, the player guarding me would be like at the free throw line. Uh-huh. So I'd walk up to the three point line and shoot it and make it. And they're kind of like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to watch any of your games. Are any of those video? Because I'd really like to go back. And I watch do. There, there. I was actually on our, our news. Uh, I was like hero of the week on, right, on my news. Just me so I'll have to yeah you show you that. That link. was like sophomore year. That's awesome. But people, especially people in the stands watching, mm-hmm. I can definitely tell. Like if I'm walking out on the court, mm-hmm. I can just hear them think, "Oh, she's trying. That's that's." That's cool that she's, you know, getting out there, but they don't expect me to really be good. Yeah. And I showed them that on the court. So there's a lot of people after games where they're like, I can't believe like, you know, you're awesome at this. How can you, you know, do stuff like that, which is nice, but yeah, it kind of shows me that they were not expecting much. Absolutely. So I guess the advantage for me is I could definitely show, show people up when they take advantage, like, you know, advantage of what I'm able to do. Right. So that's definitely one thing. And I've seen a lot of other different people that do that also, uh-huh. where they can just blow people's minds yeah. by what they do. I'm even blown by people, coaches that I've met at camp yeah. and even campers. Uh-huh. Like they can do incredible stuff. Yeah. that See, that's the confidence that you just, it just exuberates out of you that I love that I want other people to get to know you. So, okay. So this is the bad part of podcasts. We don't have a lot of time. So we got to kind of wind down. Tell us where you're going to college. Where are you enrolled at right now? Okay. Well, I'm at a community college right now. It's very cheap and I'm paying for college. (laughs) So, and it's gen ed. So I'm just doing that kind of chilling and it's not far from my house. Okay. And so I've been this will be my second year there. Okay. And then after that, I'll be going to Trevecca, which is in Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. And I'll be studying intercultural studies. Okay. So kind of practicing theology, uh-huh. sharing the gospel with other people, but also learning about other cultures. Mm-hmm. Kind of like to do what you yeah. should do, what you should not do they over there. And yes. things yeah. you should know before going. Yeah. And I've been learning Russian also. And I've been doing it on an app on my phone. And then Shannon Ford connected me with... One of his friends that uh-huh. is teaching me, it's a, I'm actually having a lesson right after this, <laughs> uh, but that's been really cool. And I, I do want to continue learning the language. So hopefully I'll get it down a bit when I'm over, you know, if I'm in Ukraine. So that's the goal, right? Yeah. That's the goal is to be, be there, feet on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That's Don't know when. Yeah. Don't know where, but yeah, at some point. You're it, open to that. Yeah, because, I mean, when I feel God calling me to do something, mm-hmm. I don't want to back out of it, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. after everything he'd done for me mm-hmm. in my early childhood. You can so easily see his hand all over that. So, yes. Okay, as we wind down, I want to ask you this question because we, we talked a lot about the doing, you know, mm-hmm. which, which you're what what you think you're going to do for God or what you sense him calling you to do. We've talked a lot about your life because God doesn't waste anything, Right. But I want you to be able to share for a few minutes with us. We can't go and extend something that we don't have ourselves. So God's never going to do anything through us until he's done in us to prepare Mm -hmm. us. He's interested in that intimacy. And your story, even though you're a little girl, your story is that evidence that God pursues. He puts people. He knows where to find you. You know, he has that. He has that plan mapped out. And your eyes so clearly see that. 
But what does it look like? Irina, the 19-year-old young woman, what does your daily life look like to spend time with God? What is what is your rhythm? I'm learning that word, your rhythm, meaning it, it fits you, but it's your abiding moment, your walk with Christ to get that intimate relationship. Yeah. Definitely the thing that fires up that is looking back as we just mentioned sure and i try to pray every day i and i have been for a while which is is great and but i want to try and do more i usually pray every night but then i'm like well i should pray mornings too to start my day off Uh on a good start Uh but like this morning i listened to christian music on my way here it's a Uh 40 minute drive so that's 40 minutes yeah praising god yeah on my way here or or talking to him yeah and sometimes i'll rent like randomly in the day i'll just randomly start talking to him or something kind of like the sunset or yeah something happening in life Uh, and i was doing something where i did a full year of I listed three good things that happened in my day mm-hmm. and a Bible verse that I was just reading, reading through the Bible. If a Bible verse caught my eye uh-huh. or something, I would uh-huh. write that down. Mm-hmm. So I have a year worth of that. And then I stopped doing that. So I haven't been in my Bible a whole lot, which I want to. Like, I have no excuse that sure. I'm not. Sure. And so I appreciate the transparency. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and I was I was going through a book. I think James. So every once in a while, I'll go back to that. Sometimes okay. will be a, a bit okay. of time, and I don't. Sure. And so I was on. I was very busy this summer, so I'll probably have more sure. time to be, like wake up and be like, all right, Irina, sure. open the book. Sure. Do you have a small group right now that you meet with, or? Yeah, we. I do okay. have one at my church, but okay. there's been a lot of events popping up on Sunday nights yeah. where sometimes it sure. doesn't work Understood. out. Yeah. Or um, I know yeah. Lauren Richards, Sydney's sister. Yeah. Yeah. Amy Richards' daughter, we yeah. have a lot of, just when we're together, That's we good. talk a lot. That's good. And sometimes about our relationships, how it's going with each other, yeah. if we really need to change something up, if sure something's just on our hearts and we need to get it out. Right, right. That's good. That's good. Ladies, if you're listening, you know, lean into what Irina's saying there because that community is so important and we need the the authentic community, but it's not always the church at large. You know, sometimes God will put that community together. But I know at this season of my life, I'm learning more and more the importance of that for the hard questions. I, I, I went on a short-term mission trip recently and I came back and they were good friends, family in the ministry. And I said, well, how was your trip? And I said, let me say this, the gift of exhortation is alive and well. And what I meant is we went deep quick. There were the hard questions to hold me accountable to really see how are you doing, but people's hearts were you know, they were for you, but it was the same thing. I could turn around and ask them the same, the same questions that spurring each other on. So if you don't have that community, ladies, that's why we're inviting you in to connect with the Illinois Baptist Women community. God does not intend us to do this alone. We're all meant to challenge each other, be on the journey together, share our life experiences, share our resources, anything it takes for the kingdom, because it's the church with the big C. As I'm learning, going through a, through a study right now, simple words become so fresh to me. The kingdom of God is outward. We're always moving. We're always moving. We're always moving. So if you're not connected, get connected with us. You can find us on Facebook at Illinois Baptist Women. Follow us on Instagram at, at Illinois Baptist Women or come to our website that we're revising, ibsa.org backslash women and check us out. 
Irina, I want to continue the conversation because the ladies out here that know me, you're learning who I am, Irina. You really <laughs> don't know me. And I'm sitting here trying to stay focused in the podcast because my mind's already running thinking, mm, I want to talk to her about this. Yeah. I want to ask her about this. So, so thank you so much for being with us. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Mm. And ladies, what we'll do is we will tag in the episode notes of this podcast, the organization. Nubability. Nubability. All right. We will tag that in the in the episode notes. Irina, is it okay if we put a contact for you in the episode notes? Yeah, we can do okay. that. Okay, we'll do that. So if you want to reach out and have further conversation, that that's available to you. So thank you, Irina. Ladies, thank you for joining us today. I want you to have a great rest of your Friday. Have a blessed Sabbath, and I'll see you back here next week on the Priority Now podcast. You've been listening to the Priority Now podcast with host Carmen Halsey. Resources mentioned today are listed in the episode notes in the podcast app. Stay connected with us through social media and our website, ibsa.org slash women.